This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to episode 174 of the Catholic Foodie, Yield College Inn, Food, Family, and Faith in New Orleans. Welcome, folks, to the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. I'm your host, Jeff Young, and today we're talking about one of the most uh, traditional, classic New Orleans family restaurants in New Orleans, right? Uptown New Orleans, it's located right across the street from Notre Dame Seminary on Carrollton Avenue and also the studio there for Catholic Community Radio. It's at Notre Dame. And Yale College Inn has been around since 1933, believe it or not. First started as a barbecue establishment by the Ruffin Brothers. is part of the Pigstand restaurant chain out of Texas. But in 2003, something happened. We'll talk about that right here, where food meets faith. That's right. Well, the Catholic foodie, Catholic foodie, food meets faith. Uh, in 2003, the Blanchard family acquired Ye Old College Inn, and that was two years before Hurricane Katrina. A lot has happened since then. But before we move forward, we really need to take a step back and ask who exactly is the Blanchard family and why or how do they factor into the picture? Well, you know, it all started in 1988, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, had a lot to do with it. Now, what I'm, ar- I'm about to read a quote to you from, uh, I think it was the, the Baton Rouge Advocate ran this story. The link will be in the show notes over at catholicfoodie.com. But the, 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 this is just a, an excerpt from this newspaper article, and the excerpt that I'm, I'm quoting from here is actually titled, A Pilgrimage and a Prayer. It says, how did John Blanchard get the idea to buy the struggling mid-city lanes in 1988? It was a strange combination of happenstance and moxie, to say the least. Blanchard was driving one day with his friend, uh, Louisiana Politico Charles or Chuck Cusimano, to see the play The Kingfish when Cusimano's accountant asked him if he was interested in a business deal. I said, a bowling alley? I don't know anything about bowling, and I've never ran a business in my life. (laughs) Despite that, Blanchard decided to check it out. Then 35, he had just returned from a pilgrimage to the city of Medjugorje in current-day Bosnia-Herzegovina. While there, Blanchard experienced no apparitions of the Blessed Virgin Mary or any other visual phenomenon, but he did come away convinced that others were interacting with the divine. He also saw guidance of his own. There was a huge concrete cross on the mountain, he said, and the custom was that you would write a petition, and they would burn the petition in the evening and say prayers for what you were asking for. What I asked for, uh, for God to please help me find something to take care of my family, end quote. Blanchard thought that the bowling alley might be just that. After a few weeks of scouting it out, he purchased Mid-City Lanes from the Knights of Columbus in August 1988 for $10,000. The business floundered initially, and Blanchard, despite working long hours, found himself barely able to make rent and payroll. Cash-starved after only six weeks, he even tried unsuccessfully to sell part of his new acquisition to keep him afloat. An article in the business section of the Times-Picayune in a spot on the local TV segment Naturally New Orleans with Frank Davis created some much-needed business. But it was his decision to add live music that gave Mid-City Lanes its charm. On November 2, 1989, Johnny J. and the Hitmen played at the first-ever Rock and Bowl show and Blanchard never looked back. Soon, the battered bowling alley had become one of the hippest music joints in town, with Blanchard at the helm. Performers like Bozo Chavez, Bojoquet, Tab Benoit, Ernie Cado became regulars after a correspondent from the National Geographic stumbled onto Blanchard's regular Thursday Zydeco night while writing about New Orleans, the Mid-City Lanes Rock and Bowl leapt into national spotlight. Over the span of a few years, the bowling alley was covered by CNN, USA Today, Life Magazine, Southern Living, and Rolling Stone. The media has never stopped, Blanchard said. He credits divine intervention, the Blessed Mother, 
is the greatest PR person you could ever ask for. And that was taken from an article entitled Business Pilgrimage by Dan Lawton in The Advocate. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? You have a family business uh, that, that, is, that is Catholic, that is uh, really started because of prayer, because of, of devotion to Our Lady, because someone needed help and they reached out, they called out in prayer, and, 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 and the Lord answered and responded. And they are living a life today that is far different than what they had before. Uh, and it's because of this business, which the business itself really impacts not just their own family, but families all across New Orleans. I mean, just I can, I can remember just a, a few weeks ago uh, being at the Rock and Bowl for uh, a, a citywide uh, supper and substance get-together gathering where Chef John Bash and his wife Jennifer spoke and gave their testimony to the way God works in their marriage. And that that was at the Rock and Bowl. And then you had um oh my gosh, who was it? It was it was a famous famous girl. I'm forgetting now. I'm on the spot here. Uh who 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 sang afterwards. She had a big show that night over there. It was just phenomenal. Just a lot of Cajun Zydeco and Cajun music. It was fantastic. So the the Blanchard family owns Rock and Bowl, and they also acquired Ye Old College Inn, which has been around since 1933, and they acquired that two years before Hurricane Katrina. Now, Ye Old College Inn is a family business in the truest sense of the term. I mean, not only is it run by a family, but many of the family members are frequently present, even children and grandchildren. And of course, Ye Old College Inn is also a favorite of families all across the city. It's been here for a long time. Their oyster loaf, oh, which is like their oyster po' boy, is like to die for, right? It's awesome. So family is a theme that shines through in the interview that we have with John and Johnny Blanchard, father and son, John and Johnny Blanchard. Now, you know what? You in a, in a moment, I'm going to have a, a short commercial, but after that, we're going to have this conversation that we had with John and Johnny Blanchard uh, talking about John Blanchard's conversion story and how Our Lady provided a way for him to really give testimony through food and a business to the love and power of Jesus Christ. We also talk about food, faith, and family and how uh, that all plays together in both Rock and Bowl and also Ye Olde College Inn. Very exciting show. Uh, I'm very excited to, to bring this to you, and we'll get started with that in just a moment. Hi, this is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie, and I want to invite you to join me on a unique pilgrimage to the Holy Land. Over 2,000 years ago, God became man in Jesus of Nazareth. The event that radically changed history, and indeed all of creation, took place in the small town of Bethlehem in Israel. God is now one of us. For years I have longed to go to the land that received God of the flesh. I've wanted to walk the same roads that Jesus walked, to eat the same foods that Jesus ate with his friends and disciples, to visit the holy places that have been touched by the hand of God. I know that by doing so, the scriptures will come alive for me in a way that I have never experienced, because I will be in the very places where so much of the stories from the Bible actually happened. And it cannot help but increase and strengthen my faith. I want to invite you to join me on this pilgrimage, which will take place from February 5th to the 15th, 2014. The deadline for registration is September 20th, 2013. Registration forms and all the details can be found at catholicfoodie.com slash holyland. Welcome to Around the Table. I'm David Dawson with Monsignor Nalti and Jeff Young. We are on location at Yeo College Inn right across from our studios at Notre Dame. Hey, fellas. How you doing? We're doing great. Good huh? to be here. I love being on location, don't you? <laughs> it's you like fun. being close to the kitchen. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and, and we're honored to be uh, 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 joined by Johnny Blanchard. Hey, Chef. Well, it's good to be here. I'm, uh, I'm honored as well, Dave. Uh, I'm it's going to be a fun time for us. I love your place. I fell in love with the first time I walked in because I saw the high school Hall of Fame 
on the wall. You got baseball on the TV. But then you can come into your dining room, and your menu has po' boys all the way to what was the special that night? Was a duck confit. Sure. Right? I mean, oh, you know. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> so it's like you got you got the gamut here, and it kind of fits everybody, and it's a family restaurant. Well, you know, this I say it all the time that if you stay here long enough, uh, New Orleans walks through the door. Right. Uh, you know, all the the whole culture is alive and well here at Yale College, and uh, you, you mentioned the Sports Hall of Fame, the New Orleans Prep Sports Hall of Fame. So uh, Ron Bracada, who you know authored the. Mm-hmm. A claim series, program, yeah. right, the exactly. glory days, yeah. Uh, yeah. and you know he's a Catholic League uh, historian, right? Uh, so he, you know he's a strong Catholic voice here, and uh, and ties it into sports really well. Uh, of course, the, the the Hall of Fame is not just for Catholics; it's uh, it's you know prep it's, sports it's prep in general. Sports, yeah. Sure, sure. And uh, that's been a hit. It's been something that fell in my lap. Uh, Ron Bracada came out of nowhere and just said. Hey, I have this. I've been having it for 20 years. It's been sitting in boxes in my garage. It's great because I'm sure you have people who just come in and they're told their pictures on the wall. In the glory days, I was, you know, I'm involved with WLE. I'm on the board. Yeah. And, uh, and and the whole preparation of it and the opening they had, the grand opening at the museum where they showed it. And all these ex, ex-players that I'd heard about when I was a Jesuit, you know, were all there. You know, some of them with crutches because I can't walk anymore because I got beat up so bad in, in high school. And uh, but, but I'm sure they come here just to see if their pictures are up there. Right, yeah. It's, uh, you have any wrestling pictures up there, too? There's, yeah, a, couple, there's okay. a couple. There's a couple. There's a couple. I wrestled yeah. on a couple of state championship <laughs> well, teams. Sam, of course, he was Manny. my coach, right? Uh, right there's right. a few Manny? players, too. Well, I'll yeah, have to go take a look. You may be up there. I'll have to see if you know, one of our state championship teams is up there. You know, Maybe, right. maybe I'm up there. Right. I'll look a little different than I do now, though. You know, <laughs> We could always fit another member in. <laughs> I got a picture of our team. In fact, it was the funniest thing. Somebody at a garage sale found a picture of our 1980 senior uh, state championship wrestling team and at a garage sale and they just happened to look at it looked at the picture and saw me and gave it to me as a present wow. well, that was hilarious yeah no kidding <laughs> well now let's talk about the history of, sure. of the old college in i mean how long has it been around now now i am in the newer building i'm told you, right the newer building that's actually older than the original building <laughs> uh, okay so it starts in 1933 Yale right. college in uh you know is invented by the roofing family uh the roofing family were were major property owners in this area they uh they got into the uh restaurant business here at Yale college and it went through many changes of course they added on to the dining room multiple times yeah. uh you know through the years they you know they they survived the the car hop years and then mm-hmm. the advent of air conditioners right. and nice. uh, you know central ac of course that wonderful uh, oh, yeah. creature comfort <laughs> that's uh, why we're sitting in here right it's 90 exactly. degrees outside <laughs> and they uh you know they brought it all the way up to uh, 2003 when uh my father and i and uh my brother-in-laws and uh, you know our entire family jumped in here and tried to preserve uh, or you know at least keep going this uh would have become a new orleans icon right yeah. uh and really that was the only thing that interested us about it it, it wasn't so much about getting into the restaurant business it, it was about the fact that this was a unique new orleans venue yeah uh so in 2003 we we took over uh we we started to make all the adjustments that we thought we needed to do Katrina sped up that process. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> uh, With the know, river walking down the street, right? Whether we wa- whether we liked it or not, yeah. it, that that happened. Uh, so it, it then forced us into uh, moving into this building that was just next door to the original college gym. And this building was built in 1929, only it was a different type of construction. It was the, the brick and steel, beautiful old building, mm-hmm. originally built as the Great Atlantic and Pacific Tea Company. Really? Uh, so that that really helped us jumpstart, get it. We were open, and uh, from the time that we actually started construction, we were open in under 90 days. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. Wow, that's cool. No kidding. must have known days. somebody in their construction business or uh, it became, a good uh, contract. It became us. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we learned how to do things we didn't think we would ever know right. how to do. Right. I mean, so. you guys born and raised here, right? Sure. You had to yeah. be because I'm looking around at everything about the place, and this is New Orleans. Mm. You it? know, it, it's everything about it is New Orleans. No matter where you look, it just uh, captivates the flavor. 
well, you thank know, you. much more than even the places in the quarter, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, well, that, that's kind of it's a neighborhood. I, my, I used to come here with my grandfather when I was a kid. I mean, he lived over on Bel Air Drive and just right up Palmetto from here. And we, we used to come here for for Oyster Pool Boys. Did you? Right. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. and that's big what, sign on the side of the building: half a loaf, a loaf. Yeah, exactly. Know? Yeah, it's still there. <laughs> it's, it's still there. It's still there. It's still here. You know what? I'm used to coming that way. Then now I come from the other direction. Well, actually, so you know, it's it. it's now been moved to the opposite side okay. of the building. Okay. Uh, simply because we had no presence on that side. Right. Uh, and it just, I figured, well, why not move the iconic sign yeah, right, to the right, other side? Right, and right. We, uh, we found, we actually had the old letters mm-hmm. that were from the original building. We, we saved them after the storm and we, we put them in storage. We held on to them and I kept looking for the opportunity to put them on the building. I just couldn't figure it out at first. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly how, cause they lay out rather odd. Right. And, uh, and then it, you know, one day I, I guess just woke up. God said, "Do it this way." <laughs> on the other side. And so here it is. Throw your net on the other side. <laughs> Love those inspirations. You know? <laughs> I, I, t- I tell you another neat thing that that I like about the uh, the restaurant. Well, for one thing, you're right across from Notre Dame. Sure. So right. it never fails when I sit here. I see somebody with a collar walking in the door. Oh, yeah. You know. Absolutely. I really enjoy that. So I mean, it's a it, blessing. It kind of fits with your lifestyle too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we're, sh- you know, we're Catholic. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and and. We rarely get any criticism for it, but we we uh, we tend to wear it on our sleeve. I and, hope so. Uh, I see the Sacred Heart of Jesus, the Immaculate Heart of Mary, right over us. Yeah, so it, it's I'm not uh, it's not like right. it's hidden. Yes. There's a certain there's a definite reason why we're here. Right over and, Mr. Bingle. Right. Yeah, okay. At least right. they're above Mr. Bingle. Above <laughs> Mr. Bingle, and uh, and appropriately placed. Uh, the, you know the. The whole reason we're here today is because of the Blessed Mother. And I'll let my father, he, he'll come on later and talk, but uh, I'll let him tell his story. But uh, he he had a, he has a strong devotion to the Blessed Mother, and he does feel like she sent him in this direction. Right. Uh, and, and it's a wonderful story, but it's also filtered down into the rest of the family. And, right. and uh and we've seen the effect she's had on his life and how it trickled down into ours. And, and so uh, it's only fitting that we, that she put us in this yeah. place across the street from the Notre Dame Seminary. And, uh, With a garden on holy ground over there. Exactly. Yeah. And the, the garden's laid out in the Stations of the Cross. Right, right. Uh, you know, so we're, we've become yeah. a farm-to-table restaurant. Right, right. Uh, you know, we... But but I gotta say this, just to, it's not much of a segue. But the the, the Notre Dame Seminary, of course, is an anchor for the neighborhood, right. sure, and as well as for the entire diocese and the chancery too. Yeah, right around the corner. Exactly, yeah. and and so when to to be across the street from it is a special thing because we get to see and meet all these men that are training and cutting their teeth, so to speak, right. on how they're going to end up and and you know people that will end up in parishes and end right. up the leadership of the church and we get to meet them and yeah. we get to see them and see that that process and it's really special yep. it's a it's a it's a fun experience and, and you do a lot of cooperative stuff not only with the seminary but with the the youth of the diocese the right. new evangelization society and y'all are so generous and open your door and welcoming them in and they don't feel like they're going into just a quote restaurant exactly they feel like they're going into right. a catholic place you know well, and so they're you. coming around the table in your place you know and you get to see that interaction and good people you know yeah. right. just good 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 priests i mean i and for years, you know, I didn't go to seminary here across the street, uh, but but I, I spent a teacher over there, and I uh, right. and I worked at the chancery, so I made myself in here. Not not as much since Katrina, mostly because I was out of the country for a while, and and now I'm uptown and uh, off of Magazine Street, and I don't have to get do but much more than walk for about 15 restaurants around me. So I got kind of parochial, as they as they say, <laughs> a lot of my eating. I need to be pulled out of my uh, my comfort zone there. Well, you know, and, and now I'm sitting here looking at the place. When you walk in the front door, you're going to turn to your right, and, and there's a bar. you got a horseshoe-shaped bar there, uh, and it's very, um, what do I want to say, comfortable. It's very inviting, very warm. But then I look beyond that, behind me, and, and we're in the dining area. you got white tablecloths on here. You got the folks sitting around the bar. They're watching the uh, the, the baseball games and, and visiting. But then a little later on in the evening, I'm going to see entire families walking in the door and, right. and and being comfortable with bringing little kids in here. Right. right. You know. Right. And, and and that's, that's old New Orleans, though. You know. Yeah. That's right. old New Orleans. That's the way it works. You know. Right. The, we uh, y- it's just a great thing. You know, the 
father comes in from the ballpark with his son and the, yeah. the son jumps up and has a bark root beer at the bar while dad uh, you know, gets a, gets an adult beverage. Exactly. And, uh, they order a, a burger, or they order an oyster po' boy, and uh, and then they're taking it home to the to the rest of the gang. And they're right. packing it up and going. It's a, yep. it's really a special thing. And, and and of course, the families that walk in and have real, you know, true sit down meal, and mm-hmm. they have multiple courses, and we have all the uh, appetizers and entrees that, that they would like, and right on through dessert. Oh yeah. I read somewhere where Drew Brees <laughs> voted this as one of his favorite restaurants. Yeah, he, li- you know? he I'm not sure he had an order, but he listed his first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And it wasn't alphabetical <laughs> since it's <laughs> ye, right? No, no, right. The Y doesn't, doesn't usually help us in the alphabetical listings. <laughs> it's, an, it's an amazing place. And, and, you know, in the next segment, when we come back uh, in the next segment, I want to talk about your menu. You okay. Know? Mm-hmm. But talk about right now. Let's talk about your, 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 I mean, your training and, and cooking. How did that come about? Well, I, you know, I'm an, born and raised in an on-the-job type training. You know, we, uh, my father, of course, took over Rock and Bowl or Mid-City Lanes back in 1988 and uh, after a trip to Medjugorje. And we, uh, at 12 years old, I was working short-order cooks, you know, working with the short-order cooks in the kitchen and doing catering and Selling bowling shoes to, mm-hmm. uh, and slinging drinks. You yeah. Know? Yeah. You know, yeah, I did it all from 12 all the way into into college, and then back from college. Uh, I'd be honest with you, I thought I was going to law school. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought oh, I was. Well, I, as someone who went to law school, you're happy you didn't. Well, I, I <laughs> no am, offense to all my lawyer I friends am out very there. Very happy I didn't. <laughs> and, uh, and I have a, I do have the lawyer friends as well. They tell me I made a good decision. But my sister decided since I wouldn't go that she, she would, would and now it. she regrets. God bless her. God bless her. The world does need some lawyers, but. Uh, uh. But then we, you know, when we bought College Inn. Uh, we jumped in here, and as one thing led to another, before I knew it, uh, after Katrina, I was in the kitchen full time, and, right. and you know, learning, and uh, uh, you know, really just l- learned the culinary trade as I went, and, ah, and, and yeah. of course, you know, consulted with with guys in the industry from sure. the Brennan family. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, Dickie's always been an open uh, book. I mean, he's one of these guys you can call and ask real life questions, and he gives you real life answers. Right. Uh, Anthony Ulicich was a, uh, oh, yeah. you know, we all miss Ulicich. Yeah. He was an inspiration for me. He was a guy that would, would answer very frankly as well any questions. Did you, you cook know. at home for your family at all? I did. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. at 12 years old when Dad took over and Mom right. went to work for, with him, right. I was the guy at home cooking ah, dinner for the family. That's great. So, yeah. That's, that, great. that's how, really how it started. We're not that's talking how it started pockets. with me, too. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was literally experimenting. A few things didn't go so well. Yeah, yeah well, that's how you that's learn. I burned it up a couple of times. Of that's, that's the way it's supposed to be, and that's, that's when you say, well, it's blackened. It's supposed <laughs> right. to be right. Right. You be have on the menu, by the way, you know, we keep bringing up oysters. You have an oyster po' boy like I've never had before in my life. Uh, it's not your typical oyster po' boy. Yes. Uh, bacon and Havarti cheese. Right. Oh my goodness, that was amazing! And, and I had think to it finished second place. Did it? <laughs> Did it really? <laughs> Which kind of was the, it? The uh, the the first annual Po' Boy Festival. We okay. entered that oh, as well as the uh, yeah Maple Street. the fried green tomato shrimp romulade Po' Boy. We entered them both, uh, oh. but the fried green tomato shrimp romulade won. Okay. Oh, well, really? yeah. So you got first and second. Well, not really. I got oh, first. Okay. All but right. uh, <laughs> and then the next year we entered one more time and we, we won with the fried bread pudding po' boy. Oh, okay. Wait. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wait. Right. Did you just say that's fried on the bread? menu too? <laughs> okay. Fried bread pudding po' boy. Yeah. I, tell you, I tell you what. Then let's talk about that menu when we come back. All right. Can't wait. So we'll be right back. Welcome back to Around the Table. I'm David Dawson. I'm with uh, Jeff Young and Monsignor Naughty. And uh, we are at one of our favorite places because we come here quite often. It's right across from no- our studios at Notre Dame. We're at Ye Old College Inn. And we're joined with uh, Johnny Blanchard. And, and we're, we're talking about, uh, well, we're talking about the menu. And while we were on the break, we were talking about the garden that you have over here on the side and That's all right. the fresh uh, herbs. And tell us about that. Well, we about four years ago, we started... Uh, 
you know, tinkering with some of the pieces of, uh, you know, lots that we started to buy mm-hmm. uh, across the street here. And, you know, we, I figured, well, instead of cutting grass, maybe I could grow a few things. Mm-hmm. Very good. I was getting tired of cutting the grass. So <laughs> Grow something you can eat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I started to, to tinker a little bit and then uh, had this thought about laying it out in plots. And, you know, once we had actually grabbed a, bu- a couple of lots on that face Carrollton Avenue and actually mm-hmm. faced the seminary, and we, uh, you know, we started to lay it out, and I had this idea of turning it into Stations of the Cross. That's uh, wonderful. I really wanted the garden to not have a fence and not be caged in, but instead it be a be something that people could walk through and enjoy. Mm. Whether it's someone that's waiting for a table at Yale College Inn, or just somebody that actually lives in the neighborhood and just wants to go for a walk, mm. uh, you know, or, or seminarians that walk across the street and have uh, and want to actually do the the stations, stations right. um, or, or anyone, I guess. But, yeah. Uh, so I started doing it and started to tinker with how to, how to lay it out, and I had this idea: okay, we'll lay it out in a cross mm-hmm. and or multiple crosses in the plots and and you know put the sod to shape up the the stations of the cross mm-hmm. oh, wow. so uh, flanking each uh, cross is a plot there's 14 stations mm-hmm. each station is uh, used as a uh, growing uh, space for the restaurant we grow you know, tomatoes we we grow beets and carrots and onions and uh, every herb under the sun. We we love our uh, lemon thyme and, uh, and and mother of time. We have a tremendous amount of rosemary. As we, we I did, I saw a lot of rosemary. Nice rosemary hedge. Yeah. Right. Good so. for all the lamb on the menu. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're lamb heavy right now with That's two it. two lambs, a a shank and a loin. Uh, so it just it's just really blossomed. Uh, we have sugar cane. We, we're going to really? tinker with uh, some rum making okay. at some point. Uh, we, uh, you know, we have cucumbers and yeah. eggplants. And mm. the fall, of course, we're about to start planting next week for our fall crop. Of well, who, who's tending the garden? Who, who does that? We have a, two gentlemen. Uh, Ronnie Taylor is the farm manager. Okay. Uh, Ronnie's been around Yield College in. For forty plus years, uh-huh. he doesn't want to admit that, but mm. he has. And uh, and Alfonso, uh, Alfonso has a, a background in uh, in lawn maintenance. And all right, he. I, think had, I saw Alfonso out in the garden when I was yeah, uh, really? coming in today. Yeah. Boy, what a guy! Well, you yeah. know, as I was pulling up, I saw the uh, I saw your bartender, mm-hmm. and he was over there picking mint. That's right. Uh, over here on this on this side of the building, he was picking mint for mojitos, mojitos. whatever so they make. You know, that's so funny. The same thing happened to me. That I we have a garden on the side of St. Stephen's Church that uh-huh. is gardened by La Petite Grocery, yeah. and it's the only other place we've done a, a, a live shot now has been at La Petite. Right, and. I saw them planting all these herbs, and, and I kept going to the mint, and I just the mint just wasn't growing real well. I was really kind of surprised. You well, know? yeah, I mean, because mint it usually, usually grows like a weed. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm over at the restaurant, and I said, uh, and I see him making mojitos, and I said, where are you getting the mint from the mojitos? She says, in the garden. I said, well, it didn't look like the mint was, was growing real good. Oh, no, we get all the mint from there. And I'm like, That's why it doesn't look like it's yeah, growing right, so much, because right. they're eating it all. They're not saving any for me. You know? No mojitos for you. you got to go to Well, it is a good, it is a top seller. We we started with one plot of mint, mint and now we have three. And people who never had a mojito want one because you got the Absolutely. fresh mint, and they're so good. Yeah, and we'll do specialty drink. drinks. You know, we, you we do. do small batch stuff. Uh, we have a few blueberry bushes, so when the blueberries come, we do some we do some drinks with the blueberries. Really? Um, when the blackberries come in, we'll do drinks, I and mean, we usually have more blackberries than we need, so we do blackberry uh, dessert you know, and desserts, right. and we do blackberries on the menu. We'll do appetizers, right. savory uh, you right. know, dishes with the uh, blackberries as well. Wow. It just it keeps you current. It yeah, really yeah, yeah, keeps yeah. you. Oh, and you have to decide what's going to be on your menu by what's right. what's looking good out there, which is really a big part. You know, I lived in Italy for 10 years of Italian food. When someone goes to an Italian woman, she doesn't go to the Sam's Club and shop for the week. Right. She goes each day to the market and what's there, what is fresh, that's what gets served. Mm-hmm. She doesn't wake up in December and say, you know, I want to make 
pesto alla Genovese today when there's no basil there, okay? She, and, and get a farmed, you know, a hothouse basil. No, she goes to the garden and she, she cooks right. what's appropriate. And I think that really food is coming more and more back to that. You know, you have your, your really hot it local is. chefs. That's what they want. They want the freshest local ingredients, you know, sustainable well, you can't get any fresher farming. than that. Yeah. And, it's and right but the, there. But the taste. But <laughs> no, the taste. Right. When you, oh, my gosh. It's so much better when you can control it in your garden. You know yeah. what you know what pesticides, if any, or if not, we don't right. use any in our garden. Mm-hmm. You know how it's been taken care of, and you, you have direct custody to it. And to me, you know, having it be in on holy ground, you know, makes me. You know, oh, it's it's it, hurt. Yeah, no, it's a, and a, I can take my tithe. You know, I yes. mean, you know, the, the priest that always got their ten percent tithe, so I can go through the garden and right. take a little bit out there and <laughs> take my ties out. You, you know, know? my senior, that that may be what <laughs> what is happening to my garden. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not tithing off of yours. It might be the guys across the street. Guys across the street might be tithing on you. Right, right. You're the archbishops over there taking. Is that what you're saying? It's it's also a great. It attracts talent. Right. We. We uh, when I had when I when we took over Yale College in, I really thought that we could start to up the ante and that that if it was still around and as iconic as it was, boy, what could we do? And of course, things don't happen overnight. But the the farm has allowed us to, or actually, just it is just kind of organically grown, mm-hmm. just like just like a garden, just like where the do. talent starts to get attracted to it. Yeah. And so I, we now have more talent in the kitchen than we've had here and possibly the aggregate of the 75 years wow. we've been wow. <laughs> because they love the seasonality of it right. and they also love the spontaneity mm. uh the, the and they learn they can learn more yes. and if you just you know if you go to a restaurant and look we have so many great local restaurants that serve the same no thing day in and day out but if you're a chef who wants to learn you know how many how can much can you learn by frying oysters every day yeah. for, for a year you right. know but right. if you're seeing what the other chefs are doing you're, you're seeing how they're they're dressing you know this this fresh ingredient that's coming there that's how you that's how I learn is, is right. by watching other chefs that know more than me I, mean, I can cook a few of my own things but you know to, to, to be with chef and cook something that I've never seen before that's mm-hmm. the only way I'm gonna learn how to do it right well, it, it allows you to uh, to yeah. be more creative to be more human and really to excel right. I mean I'm, you were talking about that just now and I was thinking of the quote I think it was St. Augustine who said that the glory of God is man fully alive yeah. and man can't always be fully alive in a factory right you know right. where it's just the same droning on right, and on right. there's nothing mm-hmm. new and when you are working the land you allow God in a very real concrete way to have a say mm-hmm. in what's going on from day to day no it's doubt pretty awesome it's a great great point and, and it's been a great eye-opener for for us I mean we uh, one of the reasons that that this even started and I failed to mention earlier was that my grandfather passed away uh, just after Katrina and when that happened uh, he was a farmer and a rancher uh, in the cattle business his whole life my, that's my mother's family they've been in the cattle business for 200 years and they have a ranch in, in the Abbeville Louisiana area south of Lafayette Okay. Um, it's still going. Well, I got more involved with that because I realized that there was a whole way of life in my family that was about to go away. Right. Mm. And, you know, right. My, my uncle was the only son. Mm. Uh, he didn't have any sons. It, it, and I, I just felt this, this urge being in the food business, understanding how important food is. And it, it really started that process. We started to uh, raise cattle together. I started to bring it into the restaurant. And now it's on the menu. You know, we do pasture-raised beef on the menu. Uh, all of our burgers and hamburger wow. steaks here at College Inn and at Rock and Bowl Gosh, are all raised great. by our family ranch. That's uh, great. So that really started it, and and having a really uh, a better understanding of what of what God provides in, in His creation. Right. Right. <laughs> and and, right. and really the, how seasonal it is. And how fragile. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh yeah. And so the awareness level started to go up, and all of a sudden, the but also the excitement level started to go yeah. up. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's thrilling. And it's really a lot. Of <laughs> I mean, fun. you you're kind of ahead of the game because this is the new trend, but you've been doing this all along. We, you know, with the well, fresh, you know, we've right? Been doing and it the, for a little while. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's it's we didn't we didn't just it didn't start as a trend. Right. And you know, it's okay to be a part of a trend, but I think if it's got to be sincere. And right. there uh, you go. And I think that we are. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Let's yep. talk about your menu. Okay. Uh, for instance, what, what specials do you have today? What specials today? I want to know what's what's growing in the garden. <laughs> you know, uh, today, 
the the appetizer special is a, a braised pork dish, you know, which is another great thing is that that's just popped up. Is mm-hmm. uh, Covey Rise Farms across the lake, right? Who's providing a, a lot of produce for for the entire New Orleans area, and we mm-hmm. do some trade outs with mm-hmm. with Covey Rise. We grow a few herbs for them okay. here on on Carrollton Avenue, and oh, then they cool. trade it out with yeah. us. But also, there's you know they're also in, involved in farming pork. Uh, so you know we'll bring their pork in and uh, and and do these do great dishes with it. Mm. Uh, you know we also have a uh, what I call the cockadoodle convent. Uh, the, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, we have fourteen hens uh, and a few different breeds, and we we have them named appropriately for the different orders. Uh, <laughs> And they, you don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. We, we have sometimes. I want to see the Jesuit. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one. <laughs> they, they have a hard time with community anyway. So <laughs> we, we'll do. We're going to do today a, a crispy boudin cake, and, okay. and we'll we'll deep fry the crisp the boudin. Uh, and then we'll top it with a poached yard egg. Okay. Then we have a pepper jelly sauce that goes over the top. Wow. Wait, this uh, is an appetizer? That's an appetizer, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, you know, even on the even on the the savory meaty dishes, we can still we still have access across the street. Yeah. That uh, yeah. Uh, that, that makes it really fresh. And the eggs you get uh, from these little no different types of chicken, it's a, it's a, it's a hundred miles different from something you get in the store that are in oh, big absolutely. big pens. The I have friends who who raise chickens, and one of the dishes that I used to make in Italy, in Italy the water seems to have more calcium, and so the 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 yolk of the egg it's a little a lot brighter. It's yeah. not this faded yellow. It's this oh, it's a, orange it's color. Orangey, and it really yeah. makes the pasta different when you make like a carbonara with that because it right. I mean it just jumps off the plate. It's so bright. Wow. When you make it with just the normal eggs in the grocery store it just kind of a watered out you know, washed out yellow color it definitely know? does it makes yeah. it so much richer and, yeah. and when they have the variety to eat right you know we we actually have a little rotational grazing uh pattern that we've set up you know on a small scale for 14 chickens so that they always have a variety of clover and and grasses to you know to right. buy, to not just on. eating the same grain right. every it's day not just a bunch right. of, it's right. not just a store-bought feed right uh and then of course we have we have cuts we have cuts that in scraps that come off of our vegetables as we cut oh yeah in the kitchen right. and then Just we toss them, them back to them and they devour them in seconds it's all gone uh-huh. uh, we scrape it up and com- and compost and the compost remains yeah. uh, you know so it's a it's a great cycle yeah, it's a great yeah, yeah. And it works that is that's that's. And, and, you know, do you, I'm sure you have the kids that go over there and see it. I mean, we, yeah. we don't have, uh, you know, we have our school, St. Stephen's School there. And, and always during the year after Mass, I'll tell the kids to start growing in the garden. They go by and see it because a lot of kids that grew up in the city, they never see what's what's on a farm. They never no, see you get things it off the growing. Shelf, right? They just see it on the shelf. They right. think, you know, meat comes in a shrink wrap and, and vegetables right. come in a bag. Yeah. And, and to see stuff growing, <laughs> right. it, you know, even just to pull up a carrot out of the ground so they can see the carrot under the ground. I mean, their eyes pop out, you know, right. they're yeah. like, that's how yeah. carrots right. grow. That's what know? happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's cool. When the kids come over, you know, we'll, we'll at times have schools and, and, and daycares and they'll, they'll come over. And the first thing I tell them is, look, lettuce is not, you know, doesn't come out of a machine and get right. Right. In, yeah. in the back of Walmart. <laughs> yes, but, uh, it, it actually grows in the ground, right. and uh, and it's, it really is. It's an eye opener for them, yeah, yeah. and it's good that they're starting to learn that. There's yep. there's been this whole resurgence of hey, this is where it comes from, right? And, right. and this is real, and it, it really it really helps. Yeah. Reality is a good thing. Oh, yeah, it just opens your uh, you open your eyes to the beauty of God's creation. You yes. know that they see this is what God has provided. That the sun has come down on these seeds. It's grown up, and we take it and eat it. Because you know, kids, you know, hundred years ago, that was you know, they were all a part of that. But uh, but but now to be able to see it in a small way gives them a really appreciation of of, of how God allows things to grow. You know, we can help it, but 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 it's up to Him. Right. You know. Well, Chef Johnny Blanchard, thank you thank for joining you. us, and then we're going to continue the show with your with your dad. We're going to talk about uh, rock and roll and other things, right? That's great. I, it's been a pleasure. I, I've had a lot of fun. Uh, you know, talk great to guys. be with you, John. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank thank you. Nice. Well, we're at the Yeo College Inn, and we will be right back.
Welcome back to Around the Table. I'm David Dawson with Monsignor Nalti and Jeff Young, and we are at one of our favorite places because it just so happens to be right across the studios uh, at Notre Dame of Catholic Community Radio. We're at Ye Old College Inn, and we've been talking to Johnny Blanchard, and now we're talking to his father, John Blanchard, who has Rock and Bowl, which is right behind or next to Ye Old College Inn. And uh, uh, welcome. Thank you. Good to have you with us. It's and, great uh, to be here. And, uh, you know, we, we were talking a little bit on break about your, your background and your beginnings and uh, your amazing beginnings uh, in into the business. Uh, why don't you well, kind of clue us in on that? Well, I'll tell you, I, was a, a, I am a native New Orleanian mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, went, went to Catholic grade school in, in Bucktown, St. Louis King of France, and went to Rommel High School <laughs> and uh, actually uh, matriculated at Loyola University. And so I, I've been a lifelong Catholic, and there has been times when I was uh, a very de- devout Catholic, and sometimes mm-hmm. when I was a little weak. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> uh, over a period of time, you know, how, how my business really began, uh, I wasn't doing well financially. Uh, my son at the time was uh, 12 years old, and my daughter, 10. Uh, my wife was a school teacher. I uh, gone into sales and marketing and uh, my background was education I have a master's in school administration but I couldn't make ends meet as a teacher and I uh, was looking and searching and uh, praying about it and I had some good friends of mine that had gone to Medjugorje Yugoslavia in December of 86 uh, the Cusimano and Levy families and uh, they were the ones that introduced Medjugorje to me. Uh, my wife went in November of 87. I went in Dece- uh, August of 1988. And at that time, I went because uh, I was the oldest son uh, and I had my family at the time. My father uh, had retired uh, in 85 and had decided to go into real estate. Well, there was a, a great oil bust mm-hmm. in 86 and 87 in the city of New Orleans. And uh, what he invested in real estate went under. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother was working for a doctor and he retired, so she was out of work. My sister, unfortunately, was, was going through a, a divorce and she and her two children were living with my mom and dad and they were having trouble and I wasn't able to take care of them. I went to Medjugorje and uh, try to make a long story short, I, on the, the mountain there, there was a, a custom where they, they burned uh, petitions mm-hmm. uh, on the Great Cross on Mount Krizovac and um, while there I, I wrote on a piece of paper and put it on the altar to uh, help me find something to take care of my family and um, at, when I was in Medjugorje I, mean, I, I saw no visions uh, mm-hmm. I saw I saw great faith everywhere uh, everyone around me was seeing visions mm-hmm. uh, and I had no reason to doubt that they were being touched in a certain in a particular way mm-hmm. for some reason I wasn't touched in that way I didn't see anything mm-hmm. but I came back and uh, I was back one week and uh, I was out with uh, Chuck Cusimano and uh, uh, his CPA which was a good friend of mine Buddy Long mm-hmm. and Buddy said uh, John you want to hear a business deal I said what's that he says you want to buy a bowling alley I said, a bowling alley? I said, I don't know anything about bowling. I said, where at? They said, Mid-City Lanes. I said, in that neighborhood, you got to be crazy, man. <laughs> so I just I, I dismissed it, and a few weeks went by, and I, I started to think, you know, when I was in Medjugorje, I asked to help me find something, and mm-hmm. maybe this is it. You got a door opening right in front of you, right? And mm-hmm. at the time, I said, let me explore it. And... Uh, so I, I called the CPA a few weeks later. I asked him if they were still interested in selling. He said yes. And I asked him well, who it was. And believe it or not, it was the Knights of Columbus, oh, a Catholic service organization, <laughs> had owned the business since 1963. Oh, wow. huh. uh, and you know, they'd had it for t- uh, almost 25 years. And uh, their lease was running out uh, at midnight on October 31st. Gosh. And right before All Saints Day. Yeah. Right. Well, I was yeah. saying, I, you know, I started looking at it, and the neighborhood wasn't near as bad as I thought it was. Uh, I found out later that the, the Knights, uh, their lease was running out, and the lease said it, they had to uh, clear the premises 
of all equipment uh, when they gave up the lease. Mm-hmm. And they had gotten a price of $50,000 to remove all the, the bowling equipment. And uh, they tried to sell it to other bowling proprietors, mm-hmm. but you know, other bowling alley operators just you said, this can't equipment. work, it's old equipment. Right. And you know nobody was really going there. Uh, but what I saw was, I thought, an opportunity for, for a great catering hall. I couldn't see why you, they didn't have a kitchen then, but I decided if I put it in a kitchen and I have a bar here, and I, mm-hmm. maybe I can put a band over there for parties. And I said, you know, this maybe this can work. And so, I uh, ended up getting it for essentially about fifteen thousand uh, dollars note, payable over ten years. And I, oh my goodness! I took the business over. I had to go to the landlord and make a deal, and uh, I offered them half the rent they were already getting because I couldn't see the Knights had lost fifty thousand dollars a year. Right. Uh, the, the previous three years, and uh, I had no money, nothing to really stake me on this deal, so I was trying to figure, but I was only doing it because I thought the Blessed Mother was leading me in that direction. And apparently that's and the case, yeah. everybody told me, everybody, what are you doing? Yeah. Are you crazy? <laughs> you know, the, the day before I took over, they did $29 gross bowling and bar. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, I took over, 1201, all Saints Day, 1988. My goodness. And um, I just started working 16-hour days. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing I did was take Our Lady of Medjugorje's uh, picture mm-hmm. and hung it over the, uh, the stairwell at the old Rock and Bowl. Yeah. And then I painted uh, the walls Blessed Mother Blue. Oh, yeah. really? And I said, Blessed Mother, this is it's your <laughs> deal. It's your place. Yeah. Let me know. <laughs> So I, uh, I started working the 16-hour days, and I was talking about 16-hour days, and uh, my dad was unemployed or you know, re- somewhat retired. I mean, uh, but he used to come in and open up for me in the, in the mornings, mm-hmm. and I, uh, I would stay there all night. And even after we were closed, I'd be staying there early in the morning just trying to get the place you know, looking straight. I was there um, about three or four weeks. It was the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and... Uh, my dad and I were there. I had a fraternity group from Loyola come in, and we did $1,000 of business that night. There you go. And I said, my goodness, I'm on my way, man. This is and the lady who was there for 27 years said it had been four or five years since they had ever done $1,000 on a night. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, man, I was really feeling good about it. And, uh, but I didn't realize right after Thanksgiving, the Christmas holidays start. And everybody's shopping oh, yeah. or going to Christmas parties. Mm-hmm. I mean, and just business went back to $29 yeah. <laughs> very quickly. I had applied for a loan uh, for disadvantaged businesses, and uh, this fella came in and uh, said, John, I have bad news for you. They, they turned you down, and I was really depending on me. I, I, was, I was down. I had $2,000 left in my checking account, Goodness. Uh, and I had no other way to get to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I walked out of there, and, and as it was, it was on, on uh, December 8th, 88, when this fellow uh, told me the loan was no good, and I walked out, and my daddy said, son, this is impossible. You got to get out of this. And of course, I hadn't even told my daddy the reason I'm doing this is because the Blessed Mother is telling <laughs> me, because I didn't tell anybody that except my wife. Yeah. And uh, because they already thought I was nuts, mm-hmm. I was afraid they'd commit me if I told them <laughs> at the time that, you know, I, I thought I was being led by God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On a mission from God. God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, I left out of there that evening, that early that morning, and I went to St. I was living in St. Clement of Rome Parish at, at the time, and they had an all-night vigil there. And I stopped at the vigil, and I said, Blessed Mother, <laughs> this was not my idea to buy a bowling alley. Mm-hmm. You gotta help me <laughs> get out of this. And uh, the next day, I, I tried to sell it. I had a guy that that was gonna buy half of it for about ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars. I said, "Well, I'll, I'll get my money out, and at least, and I'll still be able to try to make this thing work." Mm-hmm. And then that guy's attorney convinced him that that was an, an impossible <laughs> deal and he right. couldn't so I was back on my own again some kind of way I kept meeting payroll and you know of course I, I was taking no money out and my father was taking no money out but I um, I made it through 
December. We started January, and a, and a newspaper fellow uh, wrote an article and came out. I remember on Tuesday, January 17th, it was the front page of the Times, not the front page of the Times Picayune, the front page of the business section of the Times Picayune, mm-hmm. and it had a picture of me uh, on one knee by a bowling ball, and uh, just saying how I had take over, taken over the old Mid City bowling lanes. A fellow came in and uh, had read the article, and this fellow Louis Nugent, and mm-hmm. Louis was a, quite a New Orleans character. He had this Mardi Gras group, the, the king of the, the crew of Mother Rue, and he was the king for life. Okay. And Louis came in that morning, I wasn't there yet, and he told my daddy, he says, you know, this is the greatest catering hall in the city. You can have food here, and yeah. you can have the drinks, and you could put a band over here. Just what so, you had in mind. Well, and when I, when I got there, my daddy gave me his card and said, I just met somebody crazier than you <laughs> and, he said, and he told me he, says he, he saw the same vision I saw with the place but Louis was able to put it together he put the party together and he got the band together no and kidding. we had a, we had the party uh, the Saturday and Demi and Saturday before uh, Mardi Gras mm-hmm. and um, it was uh, you know just a, a huge success mm-hmm. and so people Saw it, you know. It's, it's, sometimes you can tell people about something, but until they visualize it, uh, yeah, it was visualized. You, you got to go there and then. see it in action. Yeah, right. But right. you know, it started with this this newspaper article, mm-hmm. and uh, that Tuesday it came out, and the following weekend, where the most games I ever had bowled was sixty games. They had two hundred games bowled oh. that weekend. Oh, so that gave me a little shot in the arm. Yeah. yeah. And then it's gone all the way now that you've got the you had to move the alley right next door here to your old college in. So now you have a little little, little complex. Well, yeah, not only that. Know? Every time I go, every time I go, it's book solid with families having birthday parties, and you know, well, just families. Just several weeks ago, we the diocese had their annual yep. supper and substance for the second year there, and John Chef John Besh and uh, and his wife Jennifer spoke about the struggles that they went through right. in their early part of their marriage, and 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 just like John. Once they made a decision that that their family and their faith were going to be the most important, that's what John said. That's when his business took off. You know, yeah. everybody works on the business, and they, they haven't turned it over to, to God. And, turn it and, over and to God, faith. and they make that's it a family what, thing. That's the part that we're all yeah, about. You know? and, and this is a Catholic city. You know, look if yes. people if people come in here and they see all the Catholic icons are here. If they don't want to be a part of it, you know, they can go to a lot of places where they're not going to have that. It's but, pretty comfortable but, but, though. But, but, but when yes, people the, go there and they see their faith. Openly shown, people proud of their faith. It gives them the courage, sure. more courage to sort of proclaim their faith, you know. Yeah. And so, John, you're telling the story about your faith, and 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 I was in Magigora that same month, probably a little earlier in the month, because I had to take the bar exam that summer, and I, I left right after the bar exam. But, but. You know, the, the faith to go all the way around the world of Magigoria because of the stories you hear. Yeah. And then, and then to ask the Blessed Mother to help you. Right at the time, I asked her if I had a vocation, and she didn't say anything. Yeah. And I, that really stunk because I had to practice law for six years before I finally got in the seminary, you know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, you're, you're right over here. Uh, you, you're, you're, serving, you're, you're serving fantastic food. I mean, you don't just have regular burgers. You have this, you know, uh, this beef that's in, in, incredible, you know, in, in your burgers. Yeah, the, you know, the... Uh, I, you know, with, with on the family end, we, you know, essentially, I had a lease down the street, and uh, my son had come to work for me, and my son-in-law had come to work for me, and I realized that one day that lease was going to run out, and that I might be out of a job, and they might be out of a job, mm-hmm. and I'd heard about the Yale College Inn uh, being down the street, right. and I came in, and I, 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 and but I, I bought it, telling my son and son-in-law that. I'll buy it, but you guys have to run it. And they've done a wonderful no, job. They have done they a wonderful it. job. This place. Well, John, look, thank you for joining us. We could go on and on. In fact, we're going to have to do this again, right? Because it's right across the street. <laughs> well, I'd be glad to be back, and uh, awesome. I appreciate what you guys are doing. And well, we're right. great to have you. This 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 show is about you know the family and and about food and faith and you know we're always trying to bring all three of them together and that's what we do around the table. My father, before we go uh, for the weekend, could you give us a blessing? Okay. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Monsignor.